What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. And Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, Sixers have been playing well to start 2023 and had a great end of the year. So uh, let's jump right into uh, the most recent uh, biggest news for the Sixers, the return of Tyrese Maxey after missing about a month with his foot injury. Tyrese Maxey returned, uh, didn't play that much in his first game back against the Pels, uh, came off the bench, but uh, slowly Tyrese Maxey, the last three games especially, has been ramping it up. Uh, he had 17-6-5, followed by 26-6-3, and and then 23 uh, against the Pistons. So uh, Tyrese Maxey, every single game, uh, he's looked a little bit more and more like himself. Uh, there's still been some times he's been to at the rim. You know, we haven't seen him finishing the way that we're used to or might come up short in a couple threes. But overall, Tyrese Maxey looks like he is back. And it's really nice to see him doing his thing again, uh, 20 points in back-to-back games, just like we were used to seeing before the injury. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyrese Maxey is a phenomenal player. Uh, it helps uh, his stats that Joel has been out the last couple of games. But nonetheless, really nice to have uh, the full team back other than Joel, who looks like he'll be back shortly. And I'm really excited to see what this team can do all together, especially how, with how hot they've been, 12 for their last 15 and 11 for their last 12 at home. Um, going to the most consistent player on the team, James Harden, has scored 20 points in uh, seven of his last eight games. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. With James Harden, it really hasn't mattered who's been out on the court with him. Uh, you can put, you know, Joel on, Maxi on, neither of them on, and he'll get his. He'll score. He'll get his assists. He's averaging about 12 assists per game in the last eight games. Um, a couple triple doubles in there. Had a 20 assist game, 2020-10 uh, game, which was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, James Harden's going to get uh, get it done no matter who's on the court. He develops chemistry with just about every single person who steps foot on the court. He can get anyone the ball, and there's, uh, he knows where everyone likes the ball. You know, he'll find Niang on the transition for a three. He's, his uh, chemistry with Montrez has been phenomenal. I don't know if that's uh has anything to do with their rocket stays together, but their pick-and-roll offense uh, has been phenomenal. Montrez has been playing absolutely monstrous the last couple of games with Embiid out, and we'll get to that in just a second. But, yeah, I just wanted to give James uh, James Harden his shout-out because he really has been playing at an all-star level. He should make the all-star team this year. It would be pretty disappointing uh, if he did not. And I think the people, you know, questioning that trade at the start, uh, it's tended that uh, criticism has tended to die down a little bit, so... James Harden proving the haters wrong, proving the doubters wrong, uh, showing how good he can be with the Sixers team and showing he he's a winning player. He's ready to make that step in his career where he's not just a stats guy. I mean, you see the difference between him and Russell Westbrook at their points in the career. Uh, you know, at one point, both MVPs, uh, but you see the routes they've went. Russell Westbrook now coming off the bench for the Lakers, so he is taking that uh, role as well. But the thing that is different about the two is that you see Russ, you know, chasing his rebounds. He's still getting those triple doubles uh, that aren't really helping the team win. And you see Harden sacrificing stats a lot more. You know, he's not really going and, and trying to get in there for every single rebound if it's not going to help the team. You know, he's happy to get back on defense and play his good transition defense, get a couple of steals in a game. And yeah, his defense has been a lot better. His teamwork, his his locker room presence. I mean, the guys seem to love him. He seems to love it here. I don't know what all those reports were about him wanting to go back to uh to houston on christmas day but he pretty much uh shut those down pretty quick so i'm not too worried and i'm excited to see what james has for us uh to end the year hopefully he continues to play like this and if we have james harden playing like this along with a healthy maxi and uh and bead pre-injury we are a very very scary team so nonetheless uh, another guy who would add to that success is tobias harris uh he was 
uh, shooting absolutely incredible before this stretch of games. He's on a little bit of a slump, but uh, he's still a very effective player for the Sixers. He plays his role absolutely phenomenally. Uh, his rebounds have gone up uh, exponentially. He's had he had back to back double doubles, which is uh, unlike Tobias. Of course, no Joel means more rebounds for everyone, but yeah, Tobias has stepped up, played his role as we need him to. You know, depending on who's out, who's playing. Sometimes we need a little more from him. He's had these twenty point games. Uh, sometimes we need. Just good defense and rebounding, he can provide that as well. And I think with a healthier team, you're going to see a little bit more of a confidence in Tobias Harris that we haven't seen when the whole team is healthy in a long time. You know, he's playing his role better than he ever has. Uh, you know, he's getting paid a max contract at the end of the day. I'm going to say this every episode, probably. Uh, he can't help that, but he's going to do the best he can when he's on the court. And I think that Tobias Harris is a key piece to the Sixers team uh, for an upcoming playoff run. And, uh, when Toby comes out, you got George Bang Bang Niang coming to the game, and he has been absolutely red hot. Uh, you know, I, I try to show, not show too much bias, but I got to say, George Niang is my favorite player on the Sixers team. You know, <laughs> kind of weird when you got Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and James Harden, but George Niang plays with this fire. He plays with this energy, and I love it, man. George Niang will go up to their best player, like KD, chirp in their face, hit a three and talk to the bench, get hype, get the team hype, make a very timely shots. He's had double digits in his last four off the bench. Uh, 15 threes combined in those games. Man, George Niang has just been absolutely fun to watch. That's like the best way to put it. He's just a fun player, man. Off the court, on the court. Listen to his podcast. Uh, you guys should go listen to that. It's a great listen. I mean, George is just a, you know, if you're a Sixers fan, listening to him off the court makes you love him even more on the court. And he's providing some of those things I expected from P.J. Tucker. You know, he picks up a, a weird amount of technicals, flagrants. Uh, he's very vocal and he's very energetic. And, you know, sometimes that can be a negative thing, of course, but Seems like George harnesses it in a positive way where he uses it at really uh, key points in games. He uses it to get the team back on track, the team together, you know, get some energy. He, he backs his guys. Uh, his defense even looks just a little bit better. I don't want to say it's good, but he definitely is out there uh, hustling every single play. You will see George Niang sprint from, uh, you know, the opposite side of the court. Not that he's necessarily going to be able to get you a chase down, but uh, George Yang is definitely hustling, giving it his all. So at the end of the guy, you know, at the end of the day, he's you know he's a great team player, very fun to watch, and I love having him on the Sixers. And the same can be said about the Anthony Melton. By far, um, you know, I think this is the best move the Sixers have made in recent years. Not because you know he's better than James Harden or he's anything like that, better than Jimmy Butler. Just. Trading him for nothing. You know, Danny Green, love Danny Green. Great guy. Thank you for everything, whatever. D'Anthony Melton has just been everything we wanted him more. And every single episode, it keeps being said. And every single episode, he hasn't given me a reason to say anything else. He's a solid player. He steps up. He's a great defender. He's very efficient. He shoots the three ball well. He drives. He attacks the paint. He fills in whatever role the Sixers are missing that day from, you know, whatever. If if Harden and Bede and Maxi are out, you'll see Melton step up and have a crazy game with Shake Milton or, or whoever is on the court. It doesn't matter. It's just like Harden. Melton goes out there and plays his hard out every single game and it's been awesome to see and it's really been awesome to see uh how he's been working with shake milton so the milton melton connection has been working in full effect shake has uh definitely earned his minutes and uh we will see a lot of those melton uh shake minutes i'm guessing uh when the team's fully healthy and you know you got them running the bench together shake has been 
a little bit different in his game. You know, we saw a lot of pull-up jumpers, maybe threes early in his career. He is just an attacker now. He is gets to the basket, crafty finishes, a good playmaker, gets rebounds when he needs to. He can still shoot that three ball, but Shake Milton kind of does a little bit of everything. And I think he's kind of eliminated that need for that, that guard at the deadline that the Sixers have always been searching for. You know, the you know, you look at the options at the deadline. There's options at every position. Not that all of them are great, but honestly, the weakest is probably at guard. You know, guys like Clarkson could be available. Maybe like Evan Fournier and Eric Gordon, whatever. But I think Shake Milton is better than these guys, and he also is younger and has much more upside. So there's no reason to make a trade if you're the Sixers uh, for a guard. But there definitely is a need for a trade. I believe there our biggest need is at that. You know forward spot off the bench to go along with George Niang. Uh, the starting lineup's pretty much locked up. Not that I'm a huge P.J. Tucker fan, but seems like the team likes him there. You know, it's fine. He doesn't need the ball. He'll play good defense, whatever. So starting lineup remains the same. Maxi Harden, Toby, P.J. Embiid. Uh, Shake and Melton have pretty much locked up those two guard spots. Niang uh, has locked up his minutes. And Montrez Harrell after this run, I mean, Paul Reed, you know, I love him. I think he, he could be a good player for us in the future. But not playing Montrez Harrell in, in the backup center minutes would be absolutely ridiculous after what he's shown you in this stretch. Big energy guy, uh, you know, gets up there, fires the team up. And we got a lot of those guys this year that can absolutely fire the team up. Of course, Embiid can fire the team up. Of course, Harden and Maxi can fire the team up. But like I said, you got Melton, Niang, Montrez, guys that just get the team going. And it's really cool to see. But yeah, that that three off the bench, you know, you go to Danwell House, you go to Matisse Stiebel, and I don't think that either of those guys are super reliable options. And luckily, there's a lot of guys who are on, you know, teams that might be looking to deal uh, or, you know, just players that might be dealt, such as like, you know, Reggie Bullock from from Dallas. Of course, they're having a good year, but that's just the Luka Doncic effect. I don't think that um, they would be too opposed to making a trade. Right thing comes along. Uh, of course, we know the whole situation with Jake Crowder. Uh, if Kelly Oubre recovers from his injury before the deadline is eligible to be traded, that's a phenomenal one. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich probably cost uh, a pretty penny, probably a first round pick, but he's been crazy for Detroit this year. He's shown that he is... Uh, he can be a very, very key player on a winning team. And I think that would be the perfect addition for the Sixers to get Boyan's shooting off the bench. Don't think it's too likely, but, you know, best case scenario. Then you got guys like Kelly Olynyk, who you could slide to the four, slide George to the three, maybe. Marcus Morris, same deal. But there's a lot of guys out there, and I think Daryl Morey will make the right call. Uh, you know, I trust him fully. He's done a great job regardless. You know, there's the, you can make criticisms such as, you know, not keeping Charles Bassey. Isaiah Joe's playing great for OKC. Be cool to have him on the team over a guy maybe like Julian Chimpagny, who, who doesn't ever see the court. But... Nonetheless, can't be perfect. The team is looking good, so I'm not going to have too much criticism here. Uh, finally, Joel Embiid. This foot injury is weird, man. I didn't even, I didn't really see what happened, if I'm being totally honest. I didn't really know about it until I saw he was out one day. He's now missed a couple games with it. Uh, doesn't look too serious. They're saying he's game by game, but this is a, a weird injury for Embiid to have. I feel like he doesn't miss, you know, more than one game with one injury unless it's a serious injury and he misses a, a, an extended period of time. But I think I do like how they're dealing with this. Uh, you know, sit him an extra couple games. No reason not to. He was dominant before the injury. Put up a triple-double, I think, the game before. He was dropping 40 casually a night. Uh, yeah, he he's an MVP candidate. Of course, Luka Doncic has been unbelievable. Jokic has been unbelievable. Tatum leading the Celtics. Uh, but yeah, Embiid's put his name right there up in that race, I think. Uh, 33 and a half points a game to go along with 9.8 boards, 4.6 assists, 53% shooting. 
those numbers are just ridiculous. And if you watch the game, it's even more ridiculous, the stuff that he can do. Uh, he's had a couple of rough games, especially towards the end of the game. Um, not that his stats look rough, but we've just seen a lot of turnovers, bad shot selections in the last two minutes, and it's cost us a couple of games. One that really stands out to me was that Wizards game like a week ago. That was just, he was playing phenomenal all game. And then it got to the last two minutes. He had guys wide open. He had, I remember he had Toby wide open in the corner for a, a go-ahead three. And he just took it himself. He's a great player, of course. I want him to be selfish at times. But I would really like to see in those last two minutes the team playing their best possible basketball and not just give it to Embiid and get out of the way. Because I truly think our team is good enough now where we have, you know, if P.J. Tucker's on the court, and then four guys who can legitimately hit a, a tough shot. You know, we have a, we have a half court offense. We're built for for running, but we're built for a half court offense as well, and that's going to serve us us really well in the playoffs. That's what you need. You need a half court offense. And the criticism was always, you know, Ben Simmons wasn't in a half court offense last year. We didn't get to see the full James Harden effect. And adding, you know, DeAnthony Melton, who's a great defender who can shoot. The improvement of Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Montrez Harrell, great offensive player. Georgie Yang can snipe the ball from pretty much anywhere. One of the best straight-up three-point shooters in basketball right now. Um, it's really it's really cool to see this team coming together and playing like they should. You know, you're not going to win every game. 12 of your last 15 is incredible. The East is super competitive. The Nets have been turning up. Of course, the Bucks are great with Giannis. Tatum is great. The, you know, the Celtics are unbelievable. Uh, they're definitely the favorite to come out of the East. But I would not count the Sixers out of the Eastern Conference playoff race by any means. I would not count them out of a title. People are saying, you know, they're not going to win the title for this or that. Their teams are just better. But at the end of the day, I think James Harden and Joel Embiid are the best duo in basketball. They've shown it. They When they play together... You know, there are some incredible things happening on that court. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, incredible duo. Don't get me wrong. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson is always going to be up there, but they've been rough this season and Steph's been hurt. Whatever. You can go through the league. I'm not going to go through every single duo I can possibly think of and say why I'm beaten harder or better than them. But uh, of course, I'm going to have some bias too as a Sixers fan, but seems like a top five player in the league to go along with another all-star would be a recipe for success, especially when you, you surround them with almost a perfect cast. We, we've needed shooting for so long. You have George Niang firing away. You have Tyrese Maxey who's hitting. One of your stars is now hitting threes consecutively. And James Harden, something you never had before. You have DeAnthony Melton, Shake Milton. Even P.J. Tucker can make a three every couple of games. Uh, Tobias Harris, before his, his little slump, was shooting phenomenally. Uh, and yeah, I feel like this roster, you maybe add one more shooter at the deadline. And that is absolutely lethal. So... You know, I feel like until the deadline, this this is going to be how the Sixers are playing. They're going to, you know, play team ball. They're going to hopefully get all their players back. So it's really hard to analyze a team when they haven't had their full team or the full team you're going to see going forward. But I think the Sixers have shown us enough to show us that uh, they're a legit contender and they're a really fun, fun team. And, and as a Sixers fan, it's been a while since you can really say that. Watching the Sixers throughout my whole life has always been a frustrating process of, you know, we're missing something, we're missing something, uh, tough losses, but it feels like we are beating ourselves when we lose instead of being beaten and having flaws on our team exposed. And that's really nice to see because Doc Rivers, you know, he has his issues, but I think he's been a better coach this year than he has in years past. And if the Sixers can just focus up and, and really tighten up on some of their, their main issues, like, you know, those late game uh, offensive possessions, they need to just 
play more better team basketball. But overall, I'm ecstatic with how the Sixers are playing. So uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. But I'm excited to get back, see how the Sixers keep playing. Excited for Embiid to get back and see how a healthy Maxi Embiid and Harden can all play together after this really long hiatus of having first Harden out, uh, then Maxi out, now Embiid, getting the three superstars, uh, you know, if you want to call Maxi a superstar, uh, getting the three stars back together, I should say. Um, so that was really cool. So thank you guys as always for listening and make sure to keep trusting that process.